Hello, everyone, and welcome to the March 13th edition of Warcom Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Fulce, an attorney with Floyd, Scarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. The California Supreme Court has limited the interest a claimant can demand for a late disability retirement payment. Here's what happened in the case of Felitez versus San Bernardino County Employees Retirement Association. Leticia Fleethez became an employee of San Bernardino County in 1990, and he worked as an equipment operator until 2000. In 1998, he was injured while performing his job duties with his last day of work in January 2000. About eight years later, in 2008, Fleethez filed an application with the county for a service-related disability retirement. It was rejected because of omissions of a signed medical records authorization. A little more than one year later, Felit has filed a complete application, including a signed medical records authorization and a supporting physician's report. In August of 2010, the county granted his application for service-related disability retirement benefits effective as of the date of his initial application in 2008. Felit has then filed a request for review and reconsideration limited to the question of the starting date for his benefits. An administrative hearing officer rejected his request to make payments retroactive to 2000 when he left the workplace. So he filed a petition for writ of mandate in the Superior Court seeking benefits back to 2000 and interest on all retroactive amounts. The Superior Court granted Felitez a service-connected disability retirement retroactive all the way back to 2000. The court also ruled that he was entitled to prejudgment interest from the date that each payment of retroactive disability benefit bene benefits would have been due starting in 2000. The interest payments alone on all retroactive amounts totaled almost $133,000. The County Employee Retirement Association appealed the issue of the interest payment. The Court of Appeal reversed the judgment insofar as it awarded prejudgment interest all the way back to 2000. It concluded that a retiring member is entitled to recover prejudgment interest from the day on which his or her right to recover those benefit payments became vested. This was not until the retiring member established his or her entitlement to those benefits, which means file the right forms. The Supreme Court reviewed the Court of Appeal and concluded that prejudgment interest begins to run only when a county retirement board wrongfully denies a member's application for retroactive disability retirement benefits. Felit has experienced a wrongful withholding of his benefits when the board erroneously denied his application for a retroactive disability retirement allowance. His entitlement to prejudgment interest commenced on the date of wrongful denial. And now our crime report. The operator of a rehabilitation clinic in Walnut was sentenced to 63 months in prison for his role in a $3.4 million Medicare fraud scheme. 
55-year-old Simon Hong, who lives in Brea, was also ordered to pay over $2.4 million in restitution. Hong pleaded guilty last December to one count of conspiracy to commit health care fraud. In addition, Hong was sentenced to, in January to over 10 years in prison in a separate case. The new 63-month sentence will run concurrently with the 10-year sentence. Hong admitted that he owned JH Physical Therapy, an occupational therapy clinic in Walnut, but hid his ownership in the name of a straw owner to conceal the fraudulent scheme. Hong admitted he billed Medicare for occupational therapy services when no such services were provided to the Medicare beneficiaries. Instead, the Medicare beneficiaries received acupuncture and massage services, which were not reimbursable by Medicare. He directed a co-conspirator therapists to falsify medical records approximately $3.4 million worth in false claims. Hong was charged by indictment along with 51-year-old Grace Hong of Brea and 38-year-old Keith Kenlapen of West Covina. Kenlapen pleaded guilty to one count of conspiring to commit health care fraud, and Grace Hong is scheduled for trial this month. What started as a workplace dispute at an Irvine industrial plant and an alleged attack on a co-worker led to insurance fraud charges for a 65-year-old Lake Forest man. Randall Brown McKay was arrested on charges stemming from the fracas with a co-worker. The senior deputy district attorney said McKay had a habit of being a difficult and angry person with his former co-workers. He's been known to throw things at other employees at times. The dispute began when he arrived at work and berated a longtime forklift driver for not opening up large transparent plastic strips at a door to allow in more air. At some point, McKay jumped in front of the forklift and the victim was driving and dared the driver to hit him. The forklift driver managed to stop just short of hitting McKay who claimed, however, that he was struck by a pallet on the forklift. But witnesses told investigators that McKay, cursing again, literally ran toward the driver and hit him in the head and tried to knee him. McKay left work, contacted the Irvine police to report that he was assaulted and later filed a workers' compensation claim with CompWest Insurance. And during his WCAB trial, he repeated the lie while under oath. But the work comp administrative law judge ruled that McKay was not struck by a forklift and did not sustain any injuries, and the employer was awarded to take nothing. Meanwhile, the forklift driver had to receive eight stitches as a result of the attack, and as recently as late last year still suffered from blurred vision. McKay is now charged with assault with a force likely to produce great bodily injury, three counts of insurance fraud and perjury, along with a sentence-enhancing allegation of causing great bodily injury. McKay could face up to 11 years in prison if convicted. The Internet is flooded with illegal advertisements posted by unlicensed contractors. 
and investigators from the Contractor State License Board caught 21 of them during an undercover sting operation in Bakersfield. 16 out of the 21 people cited did not have workers' compensation insurance for their employees, and one suspect was taken into custody on an outstanding arrest warrant. Last February, investigators from the Contractor State License Board statewide investigative fraud team searched through online and local advertisements to compile a list of suspected unlicensed contractors. Posing as homeowners, investigators invited the suspects to place bids on home improvement projects near Meadows Field Airport. The bids ranged from $1,000 for concrete work to $8,400 for installing a set of French doors. 20 people placed bids above the legal $500 limit and received a citation for contracting without a license. The suspects were cited with the assistance of the California Department of Insurance and the Kern County District Attorney's Office. All 21 subjects who showed up to the sting were cited for illegal advertising. State law requires unlicensed contractors to state in all advertising that they are not licensed. Two-thirds of the suspects caught during the sting were also cited for neglecting to purchase workers' comp insurance policies for their employees in violation of Labor Code Section 3700.5. Licensed contractors without employees must file a work comp exemption with the Contractor State License Board, which is noted on the license record. The exception is for roofing contractors who must carry work comp insurance whether they work solo or have employees. Eleven of the bidders required an excessive down payment before starting work and were also written up for that violation. It is illegal for contractors to ask more than 10% down or $1,000, whichever is less. All offenders were ordered to appear in Kern County Superior Court. 53-year-old Chang Tai Lin of Salinas pled guilty to two counts of making a material misrepresentation in order to obtain a lower workers' compensation premium and one count of willfully failing to file payroll tax returns with intent to evade tax. The defendant was the owner of A.A. Buffet, located in Salinas, whose lunchtime customers often include tourists on charter buses. The maximum sentence for the charges is six years, eight months incarceration, and sentencing is scheduled for next April. The restitution of nearly $43,000 was ordered to EIG Services and Sequoia Insurance, and it was paid in full at the time of his plea. Following up on a tip, the Monterey County District Attorney's Office Workers' Compensation Fraud Unit began an investigation into the AA Buffet, conducting surveillance, obtaining documents from local authorities. A search warrant was served on the AA Buffet and the defendant's home. The investigation revealed the restaurant had committed premium fraud by underreporting the number of employees and falsely reporting payroll wages as it paid many employees in cash. The defendant was also charged with tax evasion in that he did not accurately report employee wages and payroll taxes to the Employment Development Department. And now our regulatory news. 
a 220-page report by the California Senate Committee on Business, Professions, and Economic Development says that 635 physicians who practice in California are currently on disciplinary probation. The doctors were disciplined for sexual misconduct with patients, performing surgery under the influence of controlled substances, healthcare fraud, and other misconduct. Although physicians must report their probation to their employer and insurance company, they are not obligated to inform their patients. So lawmakers are considering a change that would require physicians to inform their patients that they are on disciplinary probation. Although important information is available on the Medical Board of California website, it is not easy to access the understandable information about physicians who have been the subject of disciplinary action, placed on probation, and are still practicing. When the Medical Board of California places physicians on probation, generally they continue to practice medicine and see patients under restricted conditions. And the report says that patients may be especially deserving of greater access to information about a physician on probation, given the potential for a future disciplinary action. A 2008 study reported that physicians who have received serious sanctions in the past are far more likely to receive additional sanctions in the future. This report lists those physicians and surgeons currently on probation by name, location, and type of offense. It would be interesting to review these 635 names to see how many of them currently treat workers' compensation cases or are members of an approved MPN. Denise Niebuhr has been named Claims and Medical Director of the California Workers' Compensation Institute. Niebuhr will take over the position from Brenda Ramirez, who is planning to retire in June after having served the role since 2004. Ms. Niebuhr is a Bay Area native and graduate of UC Berkeley, where she earned a bachelor's degree in business administration. Her tenure in the California workers' compensation industry spans more than 25 years, with the majority of that time spent in senior-level claims positions at Associated Claims Management, Zenith Insurance, Innovative Care Systems, TIG Insurance, and, most recently, Contra Costa County, where she has been the senior claims adjuster since 2005. During that time, her duties included handling complex and high-dollar claims, monitoring and implementing legislative and regulatory reforms, and serving as a mentor and trainer to the county's claims staff. She also has worked extensively with other stakeholders in the community, serving as an advanced workers' compensation instructor for the Insurance Educational Association. In her new role, Ms. Niebuhr will oversee CWCI's activities related to claims administration and medical services, serve as staff liaison to CWCI's claims and medical care committees, and work with institute staff, members, and others in the community on research, regulatory testimony, and education in those key areas. California Insurance Commissioner Dave Jones received the Dr. Nathan Davis Award for Outstanding Government Service at the American Medical Association National Advocacy Conference. 
The AMA established the Dr. Nathan Davis Awards in 1989 to recognize outstanding public service in the advancement of public health. These awards are named for the founder of the AMA, Dr. Nathan Davis. The list of past notable recipients of the Dr. Nathan Davis Awards include Senator John McCain, Senator Dianne Feinstein, and former Florida Governor Jeb Bush. Jones was honored for his work improving public health both as a leader in the Assembly and as Insurance Commissioner. This award, considered one of the most prestigious awards honoring elected officials and career government employees. It recognizes Jones's contribution to advancing public health, including his leadership in implementing the Affordable Care Act, improving provider network adequacy, and moving closer to achieving mental health parity. Jones has been a national leader in the effort to block the anti-competitive mergers of Anthem and Sega and Aetna and Humana and improving access to quality health care for children with autism and transgendered persons. The California Medical Association nominated Commissioner Jones for this award. The American Medical Association solicits annual nominations for the Dr. Nathan Davis Awards. And in medical news, decisions on workers' compensation treatment requests are based upon evidence-based medicine. Underlying this method lies the question, how good is the scientific evidence these days? Well, recently, Pfizer's senior principal scientist has quietly left the company following allegations of data manipulation in several of her published papers. Cancer researcher Min Jin Yin was with Pfizer in La Jolla, California for 13 years and published multiple scientific articles during that time. Now, the pharmaceutical giant is retracting five of them and correcting a sixth after a company known as PubPeer raised suspicions of image duplication. A private corporate inquiry found the images in Yin's papers were in fact duplicates. Pfizer has recommended along with the researcher herself that the journals retract five of these articles on the efficiency of Pfizer's own pharmacological enzyme inhibitors and publish a correction to a sixth. An article in Pharmaceutical Investing News says that this issue, image duplication, is rather prevalent in biomedical publications. In fact, recent research indicates that as much as 3.8% of them may contain inaccurate data. It's an honest mistake most of the time, but sometimes it is outright fraud. The reported irregularities in Yin's papers, according to Watchdog Blog for Better Science, included duplicated Western blots and duplicated bands within Western blots. The problem articles span a four-year period from 1910 to 2000, from 2010 to 2014. Pfizer is keeping quiet on the exact nature of the duplication and the circumstances around Yin's departure. But while the company has only said that she is no longer employed at Pfizer, some suspect the researcher was let go, perhaps as a result of the image duplication incidents. 
In 2016, she joined Dialogics, a small San Diego-based biotech startup. C. Glenn Begley, the former head of oncology and hematology research at Amgen, believes this latest example of flawed research is just the tip of the iceberg, not for the drug industry specifically, but for all published science. He said these retractions appear to be intentional image duplication, but there's an entire spectrum of flawed research published in journals every tier. While big pharma fraud attracts more attention, Begley said the incentives are far greater for academic scientists to exaggerate, cherry-pick, or deliberately bias their results. And in other news, Assured Partners Incorporated is making a significant move into California with the purchase of Keenan & Associates in a deal that will push Assured Partners' annual revenue over $800 million. The deal is one of the largest mergers of privately held insurance brokers. Assured Partners has bought nearly 70 rival brokers and agents over the past two years. The new acquisition is expected to close in late March or early April. Assured Partners is ranked as the 13th largest broker of U.S. businesses in business insurance's most recent ranking and has more than $670 million in annual revenue. Torrance-based Keenan & Associates ranked 22nd and has about $170 million in annual revenue. The purchase is the biggest deal that Assured Partners has sealed since it was established six years ago, and it is the brokerage's first major deal in California. Last month, Assured Partners bought Dealey, Renton & Associates insurance brokers a roughly $16 million revenue professional liability specialist in Oakland, California. But prior to that, its presence in California was limited. Assured Partners intends to continue its acquisition-fueled growth. Keenan will continue to operate under the Keenan brand and be led by President and CEO Sean Smith. It will be the largest insurance agency in the Assured Partners network. Keenan, which has nearly 700 employees, was founded in 1972 by John R. Keenan and three associates. Mr. Keenan died in 2014. Assured Partners, which has more than 3,000 employees, was founded in 2011 and was bought by London-based private equity firm Apex Partners in 2015. That is all of our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, iPad, iPod, or Android device by searching for the WorkComp Academy with your podcast software. Again, I'm Renee Folson, attorney with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today, and please drop by again next week for more news. <music>